Talk about your Psalms. Talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special episode of Pandemic and Potables. I am Dan, joined by Steve, as per usual. Steve, these are dark times that we're living in, my friend, but we have each other. We have good beer. Counts for something, right? Absolutely. Thank God this is also a beer podcast. I even brought a little whiskey just in case we want to get frisky. Some good whiskey. You know, some, Ooh, you rhymed there, too. Yeah. How about that? You planned that? Rap, I certainly did not. Okay, good. We didn't plan any of this, if we're being honest. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, skipping the intro on this one, so shout out to Underground Sports Philadelphia, Design Tree, the Andrew Boss team at Berkshire Hathaway, going very informal on this one because this is not your traditional episode. We will talk about the only Sixers game we really have to even mention, which is the Sixers win over the Pistons, but first, we do want to make an announcement that's very near and dear to our hearts. We've been very excited for weeks that we were going to be in I think about two weeks time from now, two and two and a half weeks or yeah. so, would have been on the podcast stage at the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival. That has not changed. We will be on that stage. God help me. I will be on that stage. Not canceled, just rescheduled. Not, not canceled, just rescheduled to August 7th and 8th. The bands remain the same, which is awesome. Thank God. Yeah, very cool of them. I think that had a lot to do with why they had to pick the dates. I didn't think about that. Makes sense. So yeah. I think I think it was one of those things. Like, okay, here's some dates. What can everybody do? I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know, but it makes sense since everybody's able to yeah. do it. So good on them. You know, Newfound Glory early November, Goldfinger, Suicide Machines. Like, you know, a lot of people bought tickets to see those bands. So it's cool that no one should miss out on that opportunity. But it is delayed a little bit. It does happen two days after my birthday now. So while birthdays at my age are are pretty insignificant that's that's pretty fun yeah so I'm, I'm gonna enjoy it so something to look forward to we have to take the the highs where we can get them the the joy where we can find it right now because you know I, I won't speak for you steve but it, it's been it's been a dark couple of days for me if i'm being honest and a lot of people have reached out and been very supportive and i appreciate that but uh it just hasn't been very easy it sucks man because sports is supposed to be for for guys like us it's our it's our outlet from reality, and all the good stuff to enjoy about life is canceled, except for our jobs, and except for, for most of beer. us, and this beer, so let's drink some beers. 316 day, 316 day, baby. Yeah, 316 bit, th- oh man, 316 day, I haven't even had a beer yet. Well, <laughs> that's not true, I guess, but big day for us, big stone cold guys. I've spent most of this afternoon watching the Ruthless Aggression documentary series on the WWE Network, which is very, very good for anybody who's into that kind of thing, which kind of focuses on, you know, the end of Austin's career and then into that void after where you have no rock, you have no Austin, and you're kind of like, you know, what the hell do we do? Who steps up? So on and so forth. So pretty cool if, if you're a wrestling fan. But before we get to the wrestling, let's talk about the Sixers. So they they won that game over the Pistons after... It pretty much sounded like everybody was going to cancel all the sports. Josh Harris had to squeeze one more game out. I, I actually uh, had get, had sold my tickets to this one, and and the friend of mine who bought them was messaging me saying that you know I, he bought them for his little brother. You know, he said my little this is like five o'clock that day, so you couldn't even get in yet, which yeah. was like the first red flag to me. And he says my little brother's saying they're not letting anybody in and they're not accepting the tickets, and I'm like, 
I haven't seen anything to support. I haven't heard anything like that. If if he's trying to get in right now, he can't because it's too early. So maybe they're just like telling him he has to wait and he's freaking out because of this, you know, coronavirus situation. He's just not putting it together that these things aren't aren't related. Uh, I imagine he was able to get in because I didn't really hear anything else. And we know that that they attended the game, that people were in attendance. And the Sixers win 124 to 106 over obviously terrible Pistons team. The biggest takeaway from this is the fact that we just found out, I think, today or yesterday, that uh, Christian Wood has the coronavirus, who was yep. out on that court with the Sixers, who Detroit had played Utah the game before, which we know that Rudy Gobert and now Donovan Mitchell have tested positive for this virus. So we're, I'm pretty sure all of Sixers fans everywhere are just waiting to find out not even which guy got it, but how many of them have it. So far, so good. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. The whole nine, you know, don't don't want it for anybody except maybe Josh Harris. Yeah, but the 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 suckiest part about this is obviously it's it's a terrible Detroit team. But Embiid goes for thirty and fourteen. His first game back, coming off the shoulder injury, he looks amazing. The Sixers win big. They keep the the home streak going, and you're just like, okay, you know what? Like maybe I can just convince myself. To buy back into this. I think they said it was the first game all season that Embiid and Horford both scored over 20. Yeah, and they both looked great together. In the first quarter, Al Horford was just knocking down like those corner threes. I'm like, where's this been all year? Like, like, like Four all cylinders were clicking, man. <laughs> it had- was so good that they canceled the rest of the season. Yeah, we, we, we literally had never saw them play better yeah. than the Matisse had a great game. Mike Scott had a great game. Mike Scott had that dunk. Well, Mike's got a four points in 18 minutes, but he did. Have but he that had dunk. that dunk. He had so, that dunk. We'll that take it. A dunk. So I don't. You know, uh, we we spent the entire you know two weeks prior to that saying this team was doomed, ready to to potentially be a first round knockout to the Celtics, and you know I, I put this out there yesterday. I'm pretty convinced that this season is just not going yeah. to happen. Like they're not restarting this. It's done. The uh, CDC had said, I believe, as of last night, Sunday night, that. For the next eight weeks, they don't recommend any event of 50-plus people occur. And I talked about, you know, these guys take eight weeks off. You know, more than that at this point, if it goes that long, it could go further. We don't know. You try to ramp these guys back up, have them play down the stretch. They're fighting for playoff scene. They have to go into the playoffs. They're playing at at the highest ability. And you ask them to just ramp back up like that, everyone's going to get hurt. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree. I just I I don't see it happening for especially if it's over 30, 40, you know, 60 days. Uh like you said people are just going to get injured and I if there's one sport where they do kind of do this like like I know in soccer um like in Germany for example, they actually take like a 4 week winter break. But what they do is for the last week or two they kind of have like a mini training camp so they can continue the rest of the season. I know the but, flop, I think the NHL started doing that the last couple of years. I think they that's have like right. a week or two off. And, and even like in Olympic years in the past, like that's essentially what that became right. too. So I just, in a sport like basketball, man, it just seems like a bad idea. I did like, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, Spence, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's idea with like the tournament. And he even said have like three to five games to kind of warm up and get everyone back. But at the end of the day, man, the NBA, like, look, as fans, we look at players as, you know, these heroes, ours, you know, you know, immortals or whatever. 
the Josh Harris's of the world, they look at these guys as business assets. And yes, they're losing a lot of money right now. But say, you know, stars like an Embiid or LeBron, whoever, they, they get hurt because of a you know, a silly tournament game in July, and then they won't be able to return. To no one's going to let that happen. Yeah, like, I just, I don't see it happening, man. I, 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 dude, summer would be lit. Like, if we had, you know, the NBA Finals going on right before the MLB All-Star game or, you know, the Stanley Cup, like, but. Yeah. It's, well, I don't know. I, I think they brought this up on the Ricky. I think Spike might have, and I don't know if he heard it somewhere else or this was their idea, but I don't know if you listened to the one where he talked about the NBA not starting till like Christmas and then the finals playing in August. Actually, I don't even know if it was on the Ricky now. It might have been yeah, on a different podcast. I, I, I didn't hear about it though. I listened to it on some podcast where they brought this up and they said, you know, like why does the NBA compete with all these other sports? Why don't they space this stuff out? If the NBA started Christmas, which is where everybody pretty much says the NBA season kind of starts anyway, is that yeah. big Christmas day, all those marquee matchups, then you get the finals going into like the first week of August which, like, yeah, you might lose a little bit for, like, people on vacation and stuff, but for the most part, like, you know, people are still going to be able to tune into that. And then you're not competing with the NHL. All you really have is, like, the dog days of baseball, and then you're right in NFL preseason. So then yeah. you roll right in from That's actually a really good point. And even um, – I know people don't care about it, but as much anymore, like, the Olympics or they have, like, the FIBA World Cup or whatever it's called – I mean, that can just take place a week or two afterwards. I think that would be better. They can just continue through the season rather than just taking – I think that was the one thing that came up where they were like a lot of international players are going to have an issue with the fact that they wouldn't be able to play for their teams, whether it be for FIBA or the Olympics or Mm -hmm. what have you, and that that may be an issue, even though like it seems like a lot of like American NBA guys are are, are kind of starting to stagger out of wanting to do that again. There's going to be a lot of international guys that aren't going to be happy about that. But I will say NBA being, you know, of the four major sports, it's the, you know, biggest sport in the world. Right, that's why those guys aren't going to want to do that. Yeah, so even if you shift it back a couple, you know, two or three weeks, they could make that work. And, uh, you know, especially with the money they lost in China, maybe that kind of exposure is a way to, you know, they're going to have to. I think one or two crazy ideas like that is going to come out of this to just try to you know gain back money that they lost. I mean, so. the NFL now adding a 17th game, what looks like will happen after this upcoming season, yeah. is going to be the start of like I think a lot of trends of just figuring out you know are we are all these sports you know scheduled the most efficiently? Can we get yeah. more? Less, you know, like I think a lot of those conversations, which I'm are for by the way, but yeah, I mean it's like always, like baseball should have less games. Right, like I think, like you and said, we're going to go into both leagues. Yeah, and uh, there's just going to. I think you're right. There's going to be a trend, basically, of change. Like, all right, what do we need to do? Yep. You know, so. So this had me thinking because I thought it was funny. We obviously started pucks and potables right before this yeah. happened, trying to ride the wave of the Flyers, and then you know they they played the Bruins very very tough, and what I thought was a very very positive loss, losing them still. But it's funny that for how hot the Flyers had been, how poorly the Sixers were doing, we go into this break and the Sixers looked really good. The Flyers lose 2 nothing. So my question for you here is in regards to all the teams that would have been playing right now for Philly. So Union, Flyers, Sixers, Phillies, each one. Give me, we can, let's start with the Sixers. If they restarted the season, regardless of how, however long it was and regardless of this injury factor, they restart the season. Let's say in it, originally what was we were thinking four weeks. Yeah. Let's say the season was just picked up in four weeks and everything is fine. That they just get four weeks. 
Do you think that would have not mattered for the Sixers situation? Do you think that would have helped their overall situation, or do you think it would have hurt their I overall I think it would have helped. I agree. And that's because guys like Ben Simmons, Embiid, you know, even Horford, they're it, maybe it's not the best thing in the world, but they're used to having um, being injured and then you know coming back out from an injury. They were like you, you know, like we just talked about Embiid, you know, returned from his uh, injury against Detroit and had like a monster game. Like he just has that ability to pick up where he left off. So I, I would feel um, you know very confident that they could come back out swinging. Should this season restart? Yeah, I mean the obvious answer for them is Ben Simmons gets four weeks. Yeah, that and you get too. To, and you get to figure out what his deal is if he's able to suck it up and tough through the season with some treatment and then figure it out or whatnot. It gives you a lot more time to figure out that situation because they obviously need him to really, really be a threat. And so, even like Horford, I I know a lot of people written talked about on other podcasts. A lot of people think that he's just playing hurt, you know. Is that true? I I don't know. Sometimes probably. I do, sometimes do, but and it probably is. At this point. And I think even uh you know even someone like Matisse, he seemed to kind of hit that rookie wall. And I think a lot of times that just happens because these guys go from playing thirty games a year to eighty an eighty two right. game schedule. You know. Yeah, the NBA so. is one of, one of the bigger jumps for any Abs- for yeah. any sports. So you definitely see that a lot. I think the opposite for the Flyers. I think, obviously, they're riding that momentum, yeah. even having the loss going into it. And then they would have had to have been at Tampa Bay on Thursday, which would have been a difficult game. Regardless of how those those two games ended up going, I still think that you know there were all these projections and thoughts. And I even heard somebody, I think they were talking about it on the radio today, or somebody at work may have said something to me that, like, they ran some kind of simulation just to see how <laughs> you know the season would have played out if, if they kept going, and they said the Flyers won the cop. Like, wow, it's that crazy. Yeah, like, uh, you know, would that was that the likely scenario? No, but there were some things that really were pointing to that, and a large chunk of time off for that group, I think, would have really been devastating to them because of the fact that they're this weird mix of of youth and veterans, but they don't really have that top-tier star power. So it seemed like a lot of their success was chemistry and momentum-driven, and I think that's something that would have fell off a little bit had they had all that time off. Speaking of uh, simulation, I don't know if you saw, but on Twitter is a video of of some – some new station out in, out in LA and they like uh they said oh the Lakers beat the Denver Nuggets 121 to 98 in a simulation and like they even had highlights of the game like oh god yeah like it was i think it was just like a silly bit or gimmick sure. that they did but it was uh i mean i i'd rather watch a simulation i think than watch just regular replays like i know tonight yeah. NBC Sports was playing the home opener for the Sixers like it's a great game yeah, I, I don't need to watch it again. No. I think it would just make me sad and, and make me miss it more. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So you would be the guy I would have to ask about the union. I mean, I think they had they played what two games, but the most recent one they had that that crazy goal. Yeah, they literally played two games, and I I think they would struggle just because they have some moving pieces in their starting lineup, and I think. They're going to have some chemistry things to work out of, so I think that's going to be harder with the uh, – now, I will say in soccer, uh, just because of uh, guys playing for both you know their club and you know their country teams, a lot of guys are just used to taking one or two weeks off at a time and then regrouping, but when you talk about – They also run like all year. Yeah, so like, – I feel like you know in the NFL, we know like a lot of these guys take like – 
three months where they don't do anything. And exactly. They, like, bulk, they have to like rebulk up. Yeah. Because of how much yep. weight they lose over the season. Also, like, soccer players are just running all the time. Yeah. And they're so, always playing fucking soccer. Yeah. So, while the rest is good for their bodies, you know, coming out from, and again, without any kind of, you know, regardless of sport, they're going to need some sort of like mini camp, you know, right. shortened preseason. So. And then the Phillies, I mean, they're only into spring training, so I don't think it yeah. really matters or anything. But same for them. I mean, in one of the games leading up to this, I saw I was watching at work and saw Bryce took the pitch off his foot, which was said to not really be anything, but still guys get dinged up. I think Arietta's still working his way back from something, so yeah. you give those guys time to get healthy. Wheeler's a guy who, who seems like he, he's dealt with injuries and stuff, so maybe a little more time to get him ramped up. All that stuff could be good, but at the same time, I'm much lower on the Phillies than most people. Yeah, and how many times in Philadelphia sports have we heard, oh, this injury's minor, it's nothing, he'll be back sure. in a couple days and then <laughs> yeah, that's see true. you next year. So not, not so much with, with baseball, though. I feel like they're generally pretty pretty good about it. That's true. That's a good Obviously, point, yeah. way worse with the Sixers and to lesser degrees, the, the Flyers and the, and the Eagles. The Flyers also uh, are without JVR, who I think – would be would have been back within like four to six weeks. So That's right. He back. he he uh he got injured what like a week or two before the yeah. Uh, I think he injured his season. wrist or something. Yeah, and that was a big loss for them. So yeah, a guy they're paying a lot of money to score a lot of goals, and he's not necessarily doing that. But again, like everyone's just contributing on that team, so you know it, it just helps to have that depth. So Steve, I'll ask you then. We we've talked about as much sports as we possibly can. Been. I think five days probably now since there's really been any sports that we really watch. I found myself trying to watch UFC on Saturday, which I honestly never <laughs> really watch except for really big like main event yeah. fights with like the guys everybody knows. And you know, other other than that, I've heard of people trying to bet on like the under nineteen Turkish soccer. I've heard of people betting <laughs> on cricket, on on rugby. I I can't do it. I don't. I know you're not even a betting guy. So what what are you doing? What are you watching? What are you what are you taking part in to to get by with this void that sports has left us? Well, just catching up on finally getting around a lot of shows and movies that people have been telling me to watch. Uh, we've uh, there's a couple. The Hunters on Amazon that Great. was just uh, blew my mind, and a lot of people were upset with me because that's the type of show I would like and. I would normally see before anyone else, yeah, but I just I was surprised I beat you to that because I had to finish Narcos, the newest season of Narcos on Netflix, which was okay. Uh, but dude, like, I just walked away from him, like, dude, like Al Pacino, man, like before this, obviously he's like an all-time great, but for him to just like think about towards the beginning of his career, like his big, uh, you know, um, role was playing a Cuban immigrant guy, you know gangster into like this really you know old jewish hunter we'll call it and it's just like his range of what he can do oh, and everything sure. between is just although i think i told you this there's one i'm not spoiling anything but there's one scene where he was just like yelling and screaming sound like like uh you know tony montana a little bit there a little that, bit well just a little bit but yeah hunters is a really good watch for anybody and it's only what is it 10 episodes eight episodes 10 episodes like, it goes by pretty quick yeah and the first and every episode is good there's yeah, not one yeah. slow episode every episode's an hour except for the first one it's an hour and a half yeah and some people are like oh it starts off slow i'm like dude i i just got sucked in right away and i just yeah i didn't have any problem getting started on that show and also is it 
who's Ted Mosby? Is that Josh Radner? Is that yeah, Josh Radner. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. so good in that he's show. <laughs> I haven't seen him do anything in years. No, and then he just shows up and he's funny as hell. And, and that's weird to me. Like, how many shows have we watched that were just like these sitcom, you know, gold or just like like I think about a show like Lost, like so good and but like none of those actors did anything except for that girl that's now in the Ant Man movies, whose name I she yeah. she. She Kate. played Kate and Lossia. It's like her name's like Lily, some, something French. Yeah, that sounds right. But like it's crazy, and you're like you see these shows, but then like something like How I Met Your Mother. Like of course they already have um, Jason Segel and um, who I haven't seen him do anything in forever. Although he's filming, apparently he just finished. Oh, the show in Fishtown. Yeah, there's a show in Fishtown for FXX. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I did I did read something about that. I forgot. Yeah, so. But it's always crazy how these such great shows, like How I Met Your Mother, and like he hasn't been in anything, but he's in Hunters, and he's speaking of Hunters because I want to see this. I know you watch. You watch Jojo Rabbit, right? Yes. How was that? That was awesome. I going in, I thought it would be like this over the top, like really like borderline, you know, dark comedy, and it wasn't really that. Um, but it was really good. It was a just a really good story and. It's one of those movies that wasn't really boring. The, the pacing was good. Um, probably one of Scarlett Johansson's biggest fan. So mm. uh, I can't imagine why. Yeah. So highly recommend that. That's so, awesome. Uh, yeah, content that's about killing Nazis is always good. So. Yeah, makes it makes you feel a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hunters was one that I watched. I watched. Um, it's hard to even remember. I was watching Lock and Key on Netflix, which was really good. It, it. I thought it was gonna be like a little more childish, and it's really not. It, it's mm. it's it's pretty good. It's definitely you can watch it as an adult. Uh, been oh. watching the uh, reckless what uh, reckless aggression or whatever it is. Dude, you got it. You got me hooked on the little Dicky show. I only saw the uh, first Dave. two episodes. Is it just Dave? Yeah, Dave. Yeah. Uh, so Dave's three episodes in. Yeah, I've, I've been watching that. That's another one. Dave's really good, but. Like I thought it was something me and my wife could watch because I thought that she would think it's funny, and I know she likes Lil Dicky. Yeah. But this show is definitely not for most females. <laughs> no. Uh, like I mean, if you like it, you like it. But like I could tell that my like it was a lot even for my wife. Even being married to me, it was a lot for my wife. Just how much they talk about dicks. <laughs> like there's so much talk about dicks. Like it's a lot for me, and yeah. that's saying a lot. So. That was a lot. I watched. I'm trying. Like yesterday, I wa- oh, I started watching Letterkenny. That's what. I oh, okay. Watching. I heard good things about so that. So funny. You you would love it. It's definitely okay. our kind of show. I regret not watching it sooner. But if you just see pictures and stills of it, like it looks like it's very like redneckish, which like in a way it is. Yeah. But it's not really for rednecks. It's like rednecky for right. non rednecks. I would say. I mean, redneck type people probably enjoy it too, but. It's definitely it's very quick. It's a lot quicker than you would right. imagine something like that is, and it's stupid funny. Uh, I love that that our friend Mason from In the Presence of Wolves, who was on and did the first Pox and Potables episode with us. I know he watches it, and as soon as I said I was watching, he's like, "Dude, you're gonna love it!" And immediately, there's these two guys that are just total like frat bro hockey bros. Oh god! And one of them looks just like Mason, <laughs> so I had to Photoshop him right into it. Just hit him nice. with the uh, the top. Top wheel selly snipe or whatever it is wheel snipe wheel selly, I I can't do it. But uh, very funny show. I think most people are already on this. I'm probably not giving anybody anything new. And then weirdly enough, I feel like you would like this too. But it's not something I would have normally watched. But I don't know. Yesterday, 
I just saw it on, on my Amazon Fire Stick, and I'm like, "Fuck it!" Like, I like I watched like ten episodes of Letterkenny prior already. I'm like, "All right, like I can't keep watching." I yeah, need to switch it up because like I kind of wanted to take a nap, <laughs> but I didn't want to take a nap watching that show because then I had I had to have to rewatch it because I really liked it. So I put on a movie. I think it's an Amazon Prime movie, and it's called Late Night, and it's Mindy Kaling and. Who, oh, okay. Who's the old, who's um, the, uh, she's she's the girl from Stranger Than Fiction. The 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 writer, is it right. Emma Thompson is that? Yeah, her? Emma Thompson. Yeah, she's British, right? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. Um, and it's basically she's like a late night host, like Fallon or Kimmel or whoever, and uh, she's basically like she's been doing it forever. She's like a legend, but she's like falling off. Right. And Mindy huh. Kaling becomes a writer for the show, and it kind of like has to try and save. The show and whatnot, and it's very, very good. It's pretty funny. Um, it's not, like, super inappropriate, but it is, like, a little raunchy, like, enough for us to, like, enjoy it, because it's not just, like, a, a real cute, classy movie. Yeah. Like, and, you know, they, they obviously talk, you know, it's definitely a dialogue on, like, diversity hires and stuff, bring, that they bring in Mindy Kaling because she's a woman, because she's Indian. The entire writing staff for the show, even though it's a female host, they're all like white males who are like college grads. So yeah, there there there's a little bit of dialogue on that kind of thing, a little bit of ageism too, I guess you could say. But you know, it's a good story overall. That there's a little bit, there's you know, a lot of stuff in there you could politicize in, in ways and shapes. But for the most part, it's just a a pretty quick to the point, enjoyable movie that I thought was pretty oh, nice. good. Um. Yeah, other other than that, not a whole lot. Drinking a lot. Yeah. Probably got to be careful. Uh, tomorrow's St. Patrick's Day, so it ain't going to happen tomorrow, but that might be like the last hurrah. Maybe Wednesday, yeah. <laughs> might have to take a little break. Not having beer fest for a while might be a sign that, like, you know, I got to take some time off, so take care of myself a little bit. So we'll get to that, but not today. So like we said, it's 316 day. I want to talk about Stone Cold, man. Absolutely. I love talking about wrestling, and I love talking about, like, our friendship with wrestling because it's funny. Because I remember being, like, seven or eight, and you were, like, nine or ten. And you would come over to my house on, like, Mondays, and you would want to watch wrestling. Or I don't know if you were bringing tapes or what, because I can't imagine you were over yeah. my house that late. But I, I have these memories of you wanting to watch wrestling and me being like, no, I don't want to watch that, and, like, putting in a tape of, like, I don't know, probably some dumb cartoon or something, or just wanted to play a game or something. And then, like, I finally got into it. I loved it. We all loved it. Then you fell out. Then I fell out. And now, like, I kind of dip in and out. You watch, like, two pay-per-views a year. Yeah. Like the Rumble and Mania, if, if even both of those. But... Stone Cold was like our icon, our hero. We, we, it's still like a big reflection of our personality. So, just wanted to talk. And obviously, we've got the uh, the the Steve Austin Broken Skull IPAs here. So and, good. Uh, just just talk about you know growing up with Stone Cold. Like, what are your favorite memories, favorite matches, whatever you got, man. Well, I was uh, I was lucky enough to go to uh, WrestleMania 15 when it was in Philly, and I'm pretty sure it was. So my dad and my stepmoms, it was there. It was actually like I guess their gift to each other for their one year wedding anniversary <laughs> because that's when my dad. So it's really for your dad. Yeah, that because that's when he kind of got at his point in his life. That's when he got back into wrestling after not watching it for years. Seems to happen to a lot of people, uh, and I was. I don't know how old I was, man. I probably have been like. 
like around 10 and dude like i i barely remember it so but uh stone cold beat the rock and i'm pretty sure um mick Fol or mankind was the uh the guest referee uh but but uh stone cold like for me he was always like to me like the first cool redneck because i know like maybe this is a little early but a lot of people like things like Jeff Foxworthy jokes or Larry the Cable guy. And I'm just like, this is all stupid. Like, it's not funny. It's just these people are stupid. But Stone Cold made being a redneck awesome. And now it came after him, too. Yeah, definitely. So um, that was a great time in our lives, like giving each other stunners and, you know, the the hallways for lock, you know, telling each other to suck it. Those, those were great times, man. Simpler times. I feel like. The one thing about the stunner that I don't think is talked about enough is, like, everybody can do it. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what was also so, like, appealing about it. It was, like, you could give your friend a stunner whether you were 100 pounds or 400 pounds and whether yep. they were 100 pounds or 400 pounds. And, like, even back then, like, you could pretend to give your girlfriend a stunner if you wanted to. Like, oh, obviously, yeah. Obviously, like, you know, take it easy. But Yeah. You know. I've like, stunned every girl I've dated. <laughs> and if you haven't, then you, you ain't an OG. But I, I came in the wrestling a little a little later than than you and Corey both did, and and my my biggest thing was always just him and The Rock. Oh yeah. And even like the later years when it was kind of winding down, like you know they they I think every other year for five years, like the first or fifth year they faced at WrestleMania, and like everyone will always remembers the like the My Way build up package. Oh to, God, I yeah. I think that was eighteen. Yeah, it sounds right. Uh, I think it was 18, that big build-up package of that. And, uh, you know, like the the general conversation about, about Stone Cold and why he was so universally appealed was the fact that he had a rivalry with Vince McMahon. Yeah. And it was like the everyday, like, I fucking hate my boss. I want to kick the shit out of my boss. And he got to do it on TV every single week while drinking beer and whooping ass. And it's like pretty hard to not love that dude like like the all day today my entire facebook twitter uh, timeline has just been feeds of this oh stone cold pouring cement and you know vince mcmahon's corvette again or stone cold coming out with that a uh, coors light truck and just shooting people and i saw the same videos like 10 15 times and not once not ever have i looked at those videos i'm like all right i'm getting tired of this no and you like it's enjoyable it every, every time, time. You click on it every time. Oh, God. Probably the best thing was him fighting Booker, Booker T, T in, in the supermarket. He's like, we got a price check on the jackass. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, do you want some mustard out ass whooping? Just like the, like the funniest promos and just like the wit, the, like everything is good about him, man. And it was crazy because I was watching the Ruthless Aggression documentary series today and they pretty much talk about when they first brought Brock Lesnar in. And Austin was very unhappy. And then they wanted, like, with no build-up, with no hype, with no storyline, they wanted Austin to lose to Lesnar in the first round, or, like, in a King of the Ring qualifying match. They just oh, wanted wow. him to completely put Brock over. And he was like, fuck this. And he just left. And that was kind of, like, the end for him. And, like, I never really heard that story until hmm. today on 316 Day of All Things. And it was, like, bittersweet because it's, like, you, you know, a lot of people look back and they know his knees weren't great and he had a lot of neck issues. But, like, I always kind of thought, like, okay, he just kind of hung it up. But it almost seems like he was just kind of, like, took his ball, went home, and that kind of just ruptured the whole thing and I think just ruined a lot of 
his interest in it. And it doesn't seem like he ever really recovered from that. Like, yeah. I think he did end up like wrestling a few more matches like later down the line. Like probably came back for like, the next WrestleMania or something. And and I think maybe that was the last time he fought The Rock or something. Yeah. But like it all kind of came from just a really shitty creative direction. Yeah. Of Vince McMahon's, which, you know, love him or hate him. Like sometimes he got things insanely right and sometimes he got them yeah, insanely dude, wrong. And- but you wonder what could have been if maybe Austin just had like two or three more years in the spotlight. You also wonder what doesn't happen. Does that you know impact the the idea of a John Cena coming up or a Randy Orton coming That's up? Sure, I never thought about that. And that I kind of dipped out. I think I want to say right before the the whole invasion angle, like you know when they brought out WCW, and then that was pretty much that was pretty much when he started getting unhappy. So yeah, then that's around. I guess at the same time or sometime after, that's when Brock Lesnar and I just, yep, I just the Brock Lesnar thing, man. It was just, like I know he was a like a national champion NCAA wrestler or whatever, and he was just like this this monster look guy. But it's just like they really pushed that too far, and like you know, as a well, fan, I mean, he, that I mean, sucks. But you know, he he was literally the next big thing. But yeah, yeah. Again, going right. back to Austin, it's like you know, like you see Brock Lesnar on TV, and you're like, well, like. I don't. How do, how do I cheer for that? Like, I, I can't do that. I can never be that. Like, this guy's no personality. He's just an asshole. Oh yeah, he's, and he's, dude, he's Stone Cold strong. man. Like, he's one of those guys. Like, he he came up. Like, he he put his time in. Like, he was around wrestling for a really long time before he got big. Couldn't, and couldn't get he over. He paid his dues. You know, change his gimmick. Yeah, cut like his pe- hair. people forget that he used to not only wear a fanny pack but have like long, long blonde, blonde hair. hair. Yeah, stunning Steve. Stunning Steve Williams, yeah. So let's talk about this beer, the uh, Broken Skull IPA. So you've actually been to El Segundo, Oh, yeah. Right? How was that? It was great. Um, it's in L.A.? Yeah, El- so El Segundo is actually like like a part of L.A. It's a, it's basically right next to LAX, their airport. Uh, I highly recommend if you ever go to L.A., there's also an in and out Burger, like, a couple blocks away from El Segundo, the brewery. So it's a great, you know, whether you want to go before and or after. Um, and, the, and the brewery itself, like, it's it's nothing, like, you know, looks-wise, something lavish or different from your any other brewery. But they just had so many good, solid beers, man. And I was kind of worried when I went out there that the brewery scene may not have been good. But, boy, they were delicious. Now, I don't know if, if you'll know. When you were there, though, now could I bring In and Out to the brewery? Did the brewery have food? No, I don't. I don't think that they did. So you could bring it there, but maybe. I'm pretty sure you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. That appeals to me significantly. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this though, the Broken Skull IPA. So I actually found, like this is the first time I can like we. I've known about this for years. I had it like I know like I think Corey got it. I think somebody got it for him. So I had like a bottle or a can from him before. Uh, I know they had it at Tattooed Moms on South Street. Like one time we went and it was there, so we had it there. This might be the only two times in my life I've had it until today, even though it's been around for quite some time. It, it just hasn't been in distribution around here. But yeah. I found it in my local liquor store four pack of cans for like 15 bucks. So I don't know if the distribution is just finally here yeah. or if this is some kind of you know fluke or not. But I, I didn't hesitate. I bought it right away. This, this is a very good, like, no bullshit. Yeah. It's not hazy. It's not juicy. It's not a double. It's not pale ale. Doesn't have any fruit flavor. Like this is just a good. Like it's IPA. like it's a benchmark IPA beer. Like you know, it's it's very it's it's doing everything right as far as a basic IPA goes. It's not fancy. No thrills, but 
Just a really solid beer. I would say for an IPA, it's not extra hoppy, but it's also not extra bitter. So it is kind right. of just like, I don't like, this is going to sound super basic. I don't have a better way to put it. Like, it just tastes like beer. Yeah. Which seems so goddamn perfect for being Stone Cold. Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. Or, with that said, like, it's a type of beer where if someone who says, I hate IPAs, it's exactly. like, try that's, this one. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. I feel like this would be an easy transition for a Miller Lite or exactly. a Bud Light kind of person or a Coors type of person. Like, they would drink this and be like, okay, that's just like, like instead of drinking a shitty Bud Heavy yeah. so you can get an 8 or 9% beer, like, this is, this is almost 7%. It's actually a good flavor with with none of the none of the gimmicks. And and look, if Stone Cold can go from Steve Weisers to IPAs, you can drink a good beer too. So that brings me to another question I have for you, Steve. We're gonna keep this just to sports. If if you wanna step outside of that for like one, I'd probably allow it. But we'll try to keep it to sports. The top three people in sports, they have to be around today. Okay. That you could give a stun or two. No repercussions. In sports, okay. I'm glad you said that because uh, Stone Cold's already stunned the president. So yep. he's got that taken care done. of. So I would say number one, public enemy number one, Rudy Gobert. He was number one on my list too. I was Easy. scared that was going to happen. You know, for so many reasons. So I don't think we can count that. It's too obvious. Yeah. I, so. I have to change mine too. <laughs> so I'll give you my next one. So my number two, probably have to bump the number one. Is Brad Marchand of the Bruins. He's Ooh. a total fucking turd. Yeah. I actually, like, I was trying to confirm my hatred for him and, like, why I think he's such a turd. And most people that I know who really, really love hockey, unless you're a Bruins fan, seem to agree he's a turd. And I think I saw that since they created the, like, Department of Player Safety or whatever the NHL has, right. the same thing all these leagues are starting to get now. That he has the most like suspensions or whatever from them of any player in hockey. Oh, he has wow. eight. And there's only two other people that have more than four Yikes. in that time frame. One of which who was longtime flyer Zach Ronaldo. So hmm. we might unfortunately kind of be in the same boat as Bruins fans who support Marchand because we supported Ronaldo, even though we all admitted Ronaldo was a dick and that he was just like a grunt to do that stuff yeah. while the big knock on March and he's actually a very good player and he doesn't need to be such a piece of shit, right. but he still is a piece of shit. So Brad Marchand, you know, Rudy Gobert being taken away. Brad Marchand's top of my list, I think. Okay. So as far as the top of my list, uh, I want to say Josh Harris. Ooh. Sell the team. You suck. Yeah. You, Josh you, Harris probably should have been up on mine. Dude. And, and you know, the, the thing that drives me nuts is, a lot of people hate guys like Mark Cuban because he's outspoken and sometimes he just does and or says stupid stuff. But he cares about his team. He 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 really cares. Like he's he's as big of a fan as he is an owner. Um, whereas Josh Harris, like I like if you read anything about him, you can tell he's in sports to make money. Well, yeah, I mean he he came, he came from like Villanova with a business degree right. and started working like sales for the Nets. I think so. He does have that background anyway. Here's 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 a question I have for you though. We know Josh Harris loves to sell. Would he sell mm. the Sunner? Would he sell the or is he gonna no sell you? I think I think he's a no sell guy. Right. Which like, which makes it even more of a reason to want to sell. That's what him. I mean. It's so perfect. You went on that thing. Also, I could let you know. 
that I don't think he's gonna sell it. No. Like I for all the things I said about Marchand, I think if I you know, I think if I gave him the kick to the midsection and he realized what was going on, I think I think he might give like a rock esque kind of somersault sell. Dude, it, and if you're one of those people who no sells a stunner, like by you law, you more. should be allowed to get a real stunner. You could get more hurt that way. Like, yeah. You go with the motion. Like, that's the funny thing about anybody who doesn't really understand how wrestling works. Like, a lot of the, the ways these guys react to these things are generally safety precautions. Oh, yeah. They're ways to move your body in a motion to prevent as much injury as possible. Whereas if you fight that natural emotion, like, if you try to keep your head up and I try and rip your head down, it causes a strain on right. your neck. Yeah. It's not a good thing, man. Science. Science. It's just me talking. That's science. <laughs> uh, so the next one on my list was Eli Manning. Ooh. Just because that face, dude. Oh, Anytime God. I see that face, all I think about is kicking him in the midsection. I just think about that stepbrother's crew. like, I don't know. I just want to hit your face. Something about your face, yeah. man. <laughs> is there anything I can do uh, surgically? No, I just want to punch your face. Who else yeah. you got? I also have Marcus Morris. Ooh. Just because every time we play him, man, just... He's always starting some shit. I feel like you'd have to give him, like, like he also won't sell because he's just, like, a mean motherfucker. Like, you got to give him a Luthez press and then just start actually <laughs> wailing on him. So, yeah. Like, stop a mud hole, Luthez press. Like, you probably want to go that route other than the stunner. Like, once you beat his ass and he's, like, unconscious, then give his, give his corpse yeah. a stunner. Uh, my last one on the fly here, since we kind of wrote Rudy Gobert off, and this is also kind of cheating, but fucking I don't care, is... Every single person in the Houston Astros, but especially oh. their fucking GM or the owner, whichever one was talking, that yeah. that didn't give them an advantage and that they believe that their title is safe and intact. <sighs> Fuck you, dude. Yeah, get the hell out of here. Dude, you're getting like three. That, that had, dude, that has to be one of the most mishandled things in sports. Just I can't believe they let somebody from, go on a microphone yeah, and say those things after you get caught. Yeah, and, and essentially admit to something uh, that egregious. I don't remember the um the commissioner's name, but he came out and says like, "Yeah, we're not going to make any changes." Manfred? Yeah, Ma- Manfred, Manfred. That's a you know we're not going to make any changes over, over a piece of metal. I'm like, oh, so that's what we play for in baseball, not just a piece of metal. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, I got one for you since um, Gobert doesn't count. Alshon Jeffrey. Oh. Yeah, because... Stun him out of Philly, baby. Well, because nowadays they don't do, like, you know, guys are not allowed to wrestle with the chicks anymore, at least in WWE, where they used to do, like, you know, the inter- intergender matches. Oh, yeah. Stuff. So, like, I would think Josina Anderson maybe deserves a stunner. Yeah. But I think we have to just send her a message by giving Alshon right. a stunner because it's going to get back to her. Yeah, she, yeah exactly. She, she would be his manager, you yeah. know. If, so. if you need to send a it message works. to Josina Anderson, you mm-hmm. do it through Alshon Jeffrey, so... By, defa- right. by default, if you stun Alshon, you are stunning just Exactly. Anderson, so. Great. I love it. The next pod that we'll end up doing, we're going to do our beer bracket. Oh, yeah. For, uh, I couldn't think of a, of a good March Madness name change for adding beer. There's nothing really madness that I could come up with that was beer-wise. I feel... Really bad being that we, we play so much off the alliteration of process potables with pucks and potables and also soon to come power bombs and potables, which this is a little bit of a teaser for, even though it won't be us doing it. And wrestling's not canceled, so. Wrestling's not canceled, but uh, this, all of this does come with the news that uh, just developed a little bit ago from WWE where 
They announced that in coordination with local partners and government officials, WrestleMania and all related events in Tampa Bay will not take place. However, WrestleMania will still stream live on Sunday, April 5th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the WWE Network and be available on pay-per-view. Only essential personnel will be on the closed set at WWE's training facility in Orlando, Florida to produce WrestleMania, which is the same thing they did for SmackDown Friday night, which was weird as fuck. Really weird. Did not like that at all. And for WrestleMania, it's going to be so weird. Like, no crowd. Like, these guys do so many things that are supposed to engage the crowd, to pump up the crowd. And we, like, a lot of times, if you talk wrestling, you talk about how, you know, the way they, they stagger these matches is so important because a lot of times one match leaves the crowd, like, exhausted. They got all hyped. And then the next match, like, has such a struggle because the crowd's right. dead. And then another match has to go to, like, build them back up for the next big one that they want them to, to pop for. And, and you're not going to have any of that. You're just going to have no. this thing. And, like, I get it for from them for two reasons one they're so storyline based that like they they have to have this like yeah they build up so much for this and and it is the entire you know it's like kind of like their big reset for the year it's what basically three or four months of all of your programming builds up to for the most part and the other thing kind of like we talked about with if the nba shifted their schedule is that yeah while you lose out on you know 60 70 80 thousand people that would have been there live the ratings for this are going to be crazy because everyone's going to be home and need something to watch yeah. so like so many people are going to watch it and like casual like this is a chance to maybe get some casuals back the problem with that is that your main event is fucking Goldberg and Roman Reigns. So like, Wait, really? What Goldberg? a terrible fucking time to try Ooh. and get people to come back in. All right, well, we can go to bed early that night. That's good. Yeah. I guess. I mean, there's a fucking million percent chance that Reigns beats him. And, so. dude, you know what sucks? I feel bad. What was it, like like 12 or 15 years ago? The Rock and Mankind had that, like, Super Bowl halftime empty arena match. And, like, they're going to lose that now. Like, everyone's going to forget about it because we're going to have all these, uh, you know, these pay-per-views and, and show tapings of without no fans. And it's just – and I'm sure in, like, 10, 15 years they'll do a documentary about that. But it's just going to suck that, you know, they, they don't have that anymore, that one empty arena match. I don't know why it's important to me, but it just is, damn it. <laughs> Still real to me, damn it. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we let the fine 12 listeners go? Uh, I don't think just wash your goddamn hands, everyone. Wash your hands. Wash very, your hands. very important. Don't don't be in in places with over fifty people. Make sure you're well stocked on on food and beer. Stay away from elderly people unless you don't like them. Unless I, you don't like them. Yeah. Oh, I see what. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, I tend to do that anyway, so it's kind of True. working out for me. Boomer, doomer. I I was thinking about trying to leave everybody with one one good news update or anything which which you had brought to my attention do you want to tell everybody about a little mcdonald's update that recently came oh yeah so uh it looks like mcdonald's is going to start having a spicy mcchicken available uh slowly so because uh we uh probably a few of you know we've had a very uh good time in new orleans very good time bachelor party now they had a spicy mcchicken which i didn't know existed but that market it does and do three, four in the morning having a couple of those bad boys after drinking on Bourbon Street, Frenchman Street. Frenchman Street. Dude, it's good. It's, it's a, a dollar. Ho- hopefully that makes its way up here. I hope so. 
it, it it's much more exciting to me than than Wendy's breakfast ended up being. Yeah, spicy McChicken on a McGriddle. Ooh. <sighs> Bro, I can get behind that. Yeah. So again, if you missed it at the beginning, somehow just to make sure everybody is aware, Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival postponed till August seventh and eighth this year. All tickets are still on, or just not anything. You have to do. I do believe that they a lot of the hotels are uh, at least some of them that they had mentioned. You can check out uh, at AC Beer Fest on Instagram or Twitter for their updates. They can tell you specifics, but I believe some of the hotels are honoring that if you are able to just change your room to that time, they're not like jacking the price up or anything. Since usually like in like August, it's more expensive to go down there. So it seems like they're trying to be cool about it. Uh, I haven't tried yet, so I'll find out. Yeah, for, me too. For, for where we're staying. <laughs> But still on, still all the same bands, which is really awesome. Uh, we'll do another episode with our beer brackets. I think we missed that. I think I skipped over. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, the beer Stay bracket. tuned. Yeah. So the next episode we do, we will unveil our beer bracket. Six, 64, right? I did 64 out of 11 breweries that we've done episodes at. Uh, may, maybe we'll put post it on Twitter later in the week for yeah, people might, to vote. Yeah, might have to do some uh, some Twitter voting and stuff like that. So something... Just something to try and have fun. Try to pass the time. It's all anybody can do. And if you're really, really bored for whatever reason, I've been doing a stupid bracket every day of something. Like today I did breakfast cereals. So you can follow me on Twitter to, to do that and just at SW Jones eighty seven. Yeah, daily bracket challenge I'm calling just okay. because I'm bored and Not bored. It's bracket season. Bracket season, baby. Yeah. Um do, do whatever you can to get by, and if you are that bored, my suggestion is to leave us a five-star rating and write a yes. review. No excuses. Apple Podcasts. We are approaching 100, which is crazy to think about uh, when we started this, but very, very cool. Uh, you can find anything else from us that you're looking for at www.processpotables.com. For Steve, I'm Dan. Wash your hands and trust the podcast. Flash out.